Today I am joined with John Mirabella. With over 37 years of experience in family law and criminal law, our guest has also worked as a security personnel in nightclubs for five years working at Doors. At 65 years old, he continues to be a training partner and coach to many at Renegade BJJ and who is also a co-owner with Jamie Murray, thanks to his extensive knowledge and expertise in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He is a third degree black belt in BJJ and he's still training. Our guest started his uh, martial arts journey in 1972 with karate and later competed in numerous full contact karate competitions between 1978 and 1985 and competed in Bob Jones uh, karate. As a fun fact, many people often mistake him for the Italian lawyer in the Australian cult classic film, The Castle. <laughs> Please welcome our guest uh, who truly embodies the spirit of lo- uh, lifelong learning and dedication to one's craft. Welcome. Thank you. So John, uh, how did you first uh, become interested in martial arts uh, starting in 1972 and what inspired you to pursue it up till now? Well, uh, back in the day, that um, Bruce Lee was still alive. His movies um, were on and uh, martial arts or Kung Fu in particular became a cult. Um, but karate clubs weren't numerous. I found a club, a local club in Ashwood here um, mm-hmm. where I commenced training. I think it was, um, yeah, 1972, first year of high school. Mm. Okay. It was a great, great experience. I absolutely loved it. And uh, how has uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu changed since uh, you first started practising it? Uh, look, I mean, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or BJJ now is a lot different. It's a lot more technical. Mm-hmm. And also what you'll find is the people who train now are different to those when I first started. When I first started it in 97, mm-hmm. the only... I mean, there was no YouTube, there was no Google. Um, the only people that really knew about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu were security guards... Um, martial artists who had been reading magazines and a lot of police officers. Um, there, was, there was no so-called normal people training. Um, they were just tough guys. It was just, it was just a different um, mindset. Um, we, before we roll these days, we, we shake hands. Back in those days, there was no shaking of hands. It was a grunt mm-hmm. and everyone liked to get a tap and they really didn't care how they got it. So it was a lot rougher and the culture that we have now did not exist back in the day. It's not to say that people weren't nice, they were, they were welcoming, but the culture was different. Yeah, well, how I met Jamie Murray, at the time, I just became a co-owner of Hangar, okay. um, which was probably one of the first, if not the first, MMA club in Australia, would have been about in 2000 and, uh, 2003. Jamie came in, He was, I think he was only... 27, 26 years of age, mm-hmm. newly married, had one child only, um, and he was making a move to come to Melbourne. His wife was still in the country, mm-hmm. Carla was still in the country, and Jamie was doing rough, coming out here on his own, trying to find a job, um, feeling out Melbourne. At the time, he decided or wanted to do BJJ. He came in, and we lo- he fell and I liked him. Um, again, it was quite funny actually. Um, mm-hmm. Jamie did go to an, another club, spoke to them, and they're all about money. 
and Jamie at the time asked me, um, you know, what, what the fees were, and I basically asked him, I think I said, well, what can you afford to pay? Yep, that's right, and I just accepted it. It was never about the money. It was all about, you know, having um, the right people training, and Jamie was a, a great student, a bit of a, a complete wild man, he'll tell you that. <laughs> it was, he was like a, he was a, a pit bull at the time. <laughs> just a hard pit bull. And he's, uh, he's, he's changed over Oh, look, I mean, years. Years. <laughs> the change in Jamie is immense. I mean, he's turned yeah. into... Um, but he, you know, I, I don't know where to start. Look, I mean, you know, he, he came from a, you know, um, a, a rough, you know, not rough, but, you know, a 27-year-old country boy to now a articulate, calm, savvy businessman, instructor, coach, friend, mentor uh, 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 to many people. You know, I, I can't speak highly enough of Jamie. Yeah. Oh, and I'm really impressed great. the way he teaches, yeah. the way he coaches, in, interaction with the student. His BJJ technical knowledge is mm. um, A1. No, no, he, I, I can't, um, you know. And also, I think, I think Carla should also be mentioned too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jamie would not be anywhere without Carla. I mean, yeah. Carla is okay. a godsend. She supports him, has supported him, and she was always... And when they, uh, the old uh, word people talk about it, you know, behind every great man is a great woman, mm-hmm. I mean, Jamie would, would be the first to admit that. Awesome. What motivated you to start uh, coaching and training others in martial arts, and what, what do you enjoy most about it? Well, at the moment, I mean, at the moment I... Uh, well, when I first started, I think um, we all started for the uh, for the, a similar reason. Um, we, we we either wanted to learn self defence, or if we were fighters, which I was, I wanted to become a better fighter. Mm-hmm. I wanted to improve my skills on fight. I came from a very rough area, a lot of street fighting back in the day. Yep. Um, I was an Italian background. I grew up in an Aussie area. Um, I also grew up. Um, uh, right next door to Jordanville, which is a high, which is a commission area, mm. full of um, uh, post-war Irish Catholics okay. in the commission area. So you had uh, a father and a wife, and five to ten kids living in a three-bedroom concrete commission home, okay. very similar to Broad Meadows, except where I grew up, they were Irish background. So um, it was a very very rough area. So fighting and football were part of life and that's all we did okay and I went to karate to become a better fighter basically was that something you avoided though the fighting or was that something that you oh, I mean, I, were I, looking I, for I didn't look for fights yeah. but I mean you had no choice but to fight yeah okay you know you had no choice the, it, yeah, just the way it was it was a landscape it was just a punch on and you know yeah. no one really I mean, it was no big deal I mean there was no knives there was no mm. kicking uh, someone kicking someone in the head it was just a a punch on you'd call it you know, no one interfered, you'd fight. But but what, what you found, though, is, um, like, you'd been Form 1 and Form 2, yep. and you found your place. Who to, You know, it, it did, people knew who, was the, who were the good fighters were and who, who they weren't. Mm. And the, uh, the funniest part was when I went to Form 1, it was Ashwood High, and Ashwood High was a melting pot. So you had the commissioned boys, you had the wealthier boys from Mount Waverley, the non-commissioned people from Ashwood and people from Ashburton. So what you had was a group of young 13-year-old boys mm. and everyone had to have, well, where do we all fit in here? Okay. So fights took place so we can all be in a pecking order. <laughs> so, um, it took, like a little... Uh, yeah, it took about six months. Yeah, it took about six, eight months uh-huh. for the fights 
for the top guys to fight so you knew where you stood. Okay. So it sounds like it was organised fighting. Um, no, it wasn't organised. It was... I mean, how can I put it? it? They just happened. You know, that guy's from Ashburn. He's pretty okay. tough. It, we just did it. Okay. And, and that was certainly... Um, and all, we were all friends and what have you, but we all had to work out our pecking order mm. where we belonged. Okay. And we'll move on to law. Mm. Um, what has been your proudest achievement in your 37-year uh, career in family law or family and criminal law? Okay, well, I mean... Uh, in a particular... Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, look, I've, I've done predominantly family law and I have predominantly practised law to help people. Mm. Money was never a, a, an issue... Look, it might have been for the first six, seven years, helping people and making money. But then my uh, goal, um, I've always been a practising Christian and I always thought my role was to look after people. Who, you know, and when I look back and I look back at the many ladies who I've saved, yep. who I've helped people retain homes, yep. um, you know, I, I feel good about myself. It was never about money. It was always about helping people, and and until this day, that's what I do. Mm. And I'm not sure if this question is related, but um, or continuation. Are, are there any misconceptions, uh, you know, about family law that you know that you probably necessarily want to clear up with our listeners? Or yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, you know, people, uh, 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 lawyers get a bad rap, okay, right. and rightly so. There are lawyers out there that you know that. Are money hungry, and you know, and I accept that there's good and bad in every profession. Mm. Um, but what people don't understand is people themselves are difficult. A lot of people are difficult, okay. And there are matters where they they are not going to settle, mm -hmm. and they are going to fight, and they need the lawyers, okay. So it's not that the lawyers encourage people to fight. In my experience is we try and get people to agree. But there are people out there that are never going to agree to anything. And also, only 5% of matters go to final hearing. Most people resolve their matters amicably. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's just... So pe when people think that everyone goes to court and fight, that's not true. Most matters settle quite quickly. Right. And if people are decent and, you know, uh, mindful, they... Their matters are resolved quickly and fairly cheaply. Mm. Okay, it's not, but um, a lot of people will say to me, oh, "Who are worse, women or, or men?" I go, "Well, look, you can't. It's a human thing." I've I've acted for some lovely ladies who've been married to pigs. I've acted for some lovely men who are married to shockers, and then you've got different people who are both feral to various degrees, and then you've got both two nice people. Okay, so it's a, uh, across the whole spectrum. How did you get into law, actually? Well, I didn't ask you that. Okay, well, <laughs> when I first went to uni, I mean, I never strived to go to uni. Back in those days, uni um, was not as common as now. Mm -hmm. And my view was, look, I want to, I'll leave school and get a job, a trade, or, a prof or a, get an office job or whatnot. And Dad would say, no, don't leave, just keep going. I said, okay, then I'll just continue until I fail. Okay, well, fortunately, I didn't fail. I got into uni, I was... Um, planning on being a, um, a school teacher. Mm -hmm. But I had a mate across the road, he was doing law at Monash. Yep. And he said to me, oh, you should do law, the women go for law, uh, lawyers <laughs> and law students. <laughs> and I thought, that sounds good. So I'll tell Dad, but I won't tell Dad that's a reason. Okay. Because okay? it sounds good, so I thought <laughs> I'd do law. Yep. Also, you could smoke a pipe if you do law. 
You know, if you're a lawyer, yeah. wear a suit, sit behind a desk and smoke a pipe while you're... That's while with the... Uh, yeah, 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 the old the pipe, yeah, and you can um, give advice while smoking. I thought it sounded cool. <laughs> so that's why I um, studied law. You're smoking when you're younger, though. You don't smoke No, 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 no. Or you no, never no, did? No, no, I never, never smoked, ah, okay, but okay. I would imagine as a lawyer sitting there yes, with a yes. pipe All right, yeah, yeah. behind a desk. In, after you embodied it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's, got into it. Yeah, it sounds yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do I regret it? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it might continue from the next one, but mm. these days I think, uh, you know, some in the profession are yeah. uh, there for the women, but... Uh, could you share your experiences uh, working as a, a security personnel, security guard, yeah, bouncer, yeah. Yeah, in uh, nightclubs? Uh, you know, what lessons did you learn from that job? And before that, actually, mm. did you know I used to work in, uh, in in some nightclubs only for about uh, three months? Okay, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah the, it, it was about that sort yeah, of, uh, yeah. for that reason as well. And uh, it was in between. Was yeah, yeah, between, yeah. Um, my, like, from Dick Smith. Yeah, 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 then, yeah, uh, yeah. Closed off. And then, yeah, yeah. Before getting into IT, yeah, yeah, I um, yeah, did yeah. a bit of bouncer work. So yeah, yeah, we've got some uh, sim- <laughs> some yeah. shared experiences. Mm. But yeah, if you can give us your experiences in um, working as a yeah bouncer, okay, and, uh, yeah, well, yeah, well I worked um, as a bouncer in the uh, would have been what um, early eighties. So it was a long time yeah. ago. Clubs back in those days were, were a lot tougher, yeah. a lot more fights. Again, no knives or anything, but it was a, a lot of fights. But what I found was um. Uh, I was actually quite gentle to people. I was kind, you know, I was reasonable. I wasn't uh, uh, aggressive or um, obnoxious to people. And I was, I was actually quite fortunate. I was able to uh, work three nights, two, three nights a week for a period of five years. And I think I might have only had a, a handful of um, physical altercations. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was very um, um, you know, uh, fortunate in that regard. Okay. And... Uh... Any any particular lessons um, you, know, you learned from the job? Or? Yeah, look, w- one thing that although I'd studied martial arts and I boxed and kickboxed and I thought I was a very good good hand, I always felt mm-hmm. even before there was the UFC that whatever big guy grabs me, mm-hmm. I always had that. Okay, yes, I could fight, I could kick, I could punch, I was very good. But what if a big guy got his hands on me and I couldn't punch? Okay, that was always a reservation that I had in my mind. Okay, it was an, it was an unanswered reservation. There was no UFC. Okay, <laughs> back in the day, if you watch the movies, we n- nobody thought there was such a thing as grand fighting. People thought well, uh, we thought that people would go to ground f- by accident and then you'd get back up. Okay, but that was the only reservation I had with my martial arts. And my fighting was, what if some big, strong guy gets his hands on you, grabs you, and you don't have the space to punch or kick, okay? Because yeah. we, we were many years of um, karate, kickboxing, we were never taught how to clinch or how to fight from the clinch or on the, or on the ground. Because what you find is when you... When, um, and even now, if we're doing karate or kung fu or taekwondo, we're cooperative, I want to kick and punch you. You want to kick and punch me. So we keep space. We move in. Yeah. We're not used to um, uh, someone doing a rugby tackle on you. Yeah. Okay? And yeah. That, unfortunately, that's what happens in real fights. So we get this maybe false sense of confidence whereby I can punch and kick 
and the person who I'm punching and kicking is also going to want to kick and punch and keep, you know, two, three foot distance away from me. Okay, but in reality, the fight becomes a clinch. Mm -hmm. And I was able to recognise that even without watching the UFC. There was always a reservation that I had. Mm. And a look at life experiences be a good one uh, for yourself. As someone who has lived a long and varied mm. life, uh, what advice would you give to uh, you know, young men looking to find their purpose and passion in life? Well, as a young man, um, you know, I think you need to, I mean, you, you need to firstly, I think it's important that you um, obtain, uh, get into a career or trade mm-hmm. or a job that you have a passion for, that you enjoy doing. Yep. Forget about the money, okay? Do something that you enjoy doing. Invest in yourself by investing in that career or trade. It doesn't have to be a profession. It could be a trade or a job. It doesn't matter. Just be the best that you can in that particular field. Um, As a young guy, I would also um, watch who I associate with, stay away from drugs, people that are going to... um, uh, cause trouble, people are going to get you into trouble. Mm. So be mindful of that. Bad company. Bad company. uh, Be mindful of, do not get involved in any criminal activity because what people don't understand is uh, just even a a slight criminal um, matter can get get you into trouble. You'll then have a a criminal record and you won't even even be able to get a job packing shelves of coals. Mm. these days with a criminal record. So you really have to be careful in that regard. Stay Obviously, stay away from drugs. Um, again, invest in yourself, uh, your job, career, your mind, read books, your body, train, uh, weights, uh, you know, obviously BJJ that, that I like. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of mistake guys make these days is they want to... Um, they get to 22, 23, and they, and they become preoccupied with trying to get a girlfriend. What age do you think you suggest uh, them to pursue that sort of life? Well, <laughs> um, I, I, I got... Maybe balance it out. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah I mean, it was a little, it's different now to what it was. In the, look, right. Back in the day when I was 20, a lot of... The average man married at 26. The average girl at 22, okay? Times have now changed. Okay, people are now marrying later. People are trying to find themselves, whatever that means. People are um, um, are traveling more. Okay, so what times have changed? As a twenty-five-year-old, if I was twenty, when I was twenty-five, yep. if I was twenty-five now, the world is completely different. Mm. The world is completely different. What I would say to young guys is, don't waste time trying to find women. Yep. At that, you know, work on yourself physically, yep. spiritually, morally. Work on yourself. Yep. Um, uh, obtain some life experiences, and then when you're maybe late twenties, thirty, then perhaps start looking, um, in, uh, uh, getting into a serious relationship. Mm. Okay, and I think people, which they should be speaking to their parents, uncles, getting advice. 
and, you know, and talk to people that care about you and love you, not people who are going to uh, bring you down or people that have ulterior motives or people who are jealous of you behind your back. Mm. Okay, that's so uh, as a young guy now, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be working on myself, you know, myself, and I wouldn't go wasting time, you know, partying, trying to womanise and uh, drugs. No, just stay away from that. Just really stay away from that. Hmm. Okay. That's some great advice there. What about, um, actually just it came to mind, what about, what would you say to uh, someone who, you know, maybe as a young, uh, as a young kid, even myself when I was younger, you know, like you felt like you were missing out on that life, um, you know, the party life or whatnot. Mm. What would you say to someone like that? Let's say, like, this is your son, you know, you're giving well, him some well, advice. Well, look, I mean, I mean you, you, you can't be a, a complete nerd. I mean, you're going to, at 18 or 19, you're going to want to go to a party. I mean, no one is saying, yeah. you know, you've got to stay home and, you know, not go out at all. You go out. But, but you, but moderation. You, yeah, moderation. Yeah. But you go out and you understand responsibility. You understand mm. if you go out, you know, I'm not to get involved in silly things. I shouldn't drink and drive, get into fights, you know, be mindful. Mm. Back in the day, when I look back when we were 18, okay, for example, drink driving. Mm. Back in the day, people that, that people would go, if you went to a party and you were known as a person that drives and drinks, you would be regarded as a figure of fun, oh. okay? But people <laughs> would go, oh, there's John again, always drunk, driving, and, and that's the way it was. And people were getting into the car with you. Mm. The police may pick you up and they'd let you drive home if you promised to go straight home. Back in the day, we all knew people that had died in car accidents, yeah. which I think these days um, it doesn't happen, which is a good thing. Yeah. So go out, of course, but just be responsible. Mm. And as someone who has uh, pursued a range of interests and careers, um, what have you found to be the key uh, to balancing different passions and responsibilities in your life? How do you find that balance? Well, well, well you, you, you need a balance, okay? That, that, that goes without saying, yep. okay? Um, between 25 and 37, when I graduated, I became totally obsessed with law, uh, my career, stopped training, and just worked, 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 okay? Um, tried to secure myself. I think it was a mistake. I think, I, you know, I put on 13 kilos. I think it was a mistake. I think I should have continued training. Um, I didn't. I just worked. And eventually, at my age, age 41, 42, I developed depression, mm. okay? I've always been able to manage it, but I had depression, anxiety, and that was all through hard work, too much work, and not exercising um, but all I can say now, having taken up BJJ again at age 39, mm. for me it was a lifesaver. Okay. It really was a lifesaver. I was under so much stress. I had uh, a private practice. I had a bad marriage. I had a daughter. There was two that had leukaemia at the time. Yeah. So life at, the, at, at that stage was really bad for me. Mm. And if it hadn't been for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, I don't know where I would have been. Okay? I mean... I was never going to commit suicide because I wouldn't have done that to my parents. Um, I, w I wasn't a gambler, so I wasn't going to, you know, gamble away. Mm. I wasn't a, a drinkhead. I had no, I had no outlet, 
and I was going spiraling downhill very quickly. And for me, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu saved my life. And I really mean that. Yeah. And, you know, I've said it to Jamie, I've said it to a few people. If God came out of the sky and said, John, I'm going to give you $10 million cash, but in return I have to give back my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu skills and my and the relationships that I've made over the last 25 years, mm. I would not take the money. Okay, the the, the friendships, um, uh, what I've, the experiences I've had, it's it's just been. And what I've found is everything we do in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu yep. is everything that is opposite in the corporate world. Mm. In the corporate world, it's dog eat dog. If you're about to fall, they're going to push you. And when you're down, they're going to jump on you. That's a real world. You're being shafted each and every way. In You go to your BJJ in particular, we're, we're all helpful. Yeah. No one's there to hurt you, to rob you or take advantage of you. In fact, they are there to help you, assist you, impart knowledge. And you will find my closest friends now Okay, I'm not in law. They're all Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys. Mm. I only have a handful of lawyers who are friends. But uh, white belt class is a bit hit and miss sometimes, right? Sorry? White belt class is a bit hit and miss sometimes. Oh, oh. The new students. I'm oh, just, oh, I'm just, no, look, I'm look, just joking. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> if you want to talk about new students, believe me, you know, I, you know I've, I've had to almost have fights with new students. I've had, you know, you've got no idea yeah. the, the type of people that used to come in mm. and the attitude some of these people had. You've got no idea. But you get quickly humbled um, with BJJ. So, oh, yeah, yeah, no yeah. No matter how tough you are. No oh, yeah, we've, are. We've, we've had to, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've had to have fights, you know, they're on the mat. You know, it's just idiots. You know, but, but what we, if you notice what we do now. Yeah, okay, we've had, um, uh, you know, especially you take the beginners, we used to take them aside and you'd, you know, you'd, you'd try and show them something. And I had a couple of guys turn on me. Yeah. You know, and I, thought, I mean, one guy wanted to rule a fight. He goes, I want to fight you like that because I don't think the stuff works. Right. Can I punch? I said, yeah, but I'm going to punch you back. So, anyway, I didn't want to punch him. Was this in the early days? Or I was at the hangar. You oh, know, the so, hangar, yeah. so he took a swing at me. I, you know, I um, double, you know, uh, double hooked him, got him on the ground. Okay. okay. And then he ended up, what did we do? We rolled. Mm. He was a big guy, strong guy, ended up on top of me. He was in my guard. Yep. Okay. And the idiot came down to headbutt me. Oh. I saw it coming, I just put my head down and he headbutted the top of my head and his nose just splattered. Yeah. And, and, and I had another time there was a guy that picked a fight mm -hmm. and Hector saw it, okay? Yeah, he, he, again, he picked a fight, I talked him out of it, it's not the place, we don't want to fight. And anyway, he insisted on fighting Hector Lombard. I don't know whether you guys know Hector Lombard, Bellafort, Cuban... World Balafour champion. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he attacked Hector. Mm -hmm. And I was about 10 yards, maybe 15 feet away. He was in the boxing ring. Mm -hmm. So he attacked Hector. Hector um, threw him on the ground, let him get up. The guy got up and went to punch him. Mm -hmm. Hector slipped a punch, took him to the mat, got him in a footlock, and I heard, all I heard was a, a crack and a scream. Uh -huh. The idiot guy came back the next night and crutches. Oh, I really love you guys. I love what you did. So we've had some real characters. We've had some real characters. It was a hit, a, a born again experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, look, look, one thing, one thing that BJJ yep. gives you 
But one thing BJJ does, I think it, it gives you what every other, every other martial art promises. It's a combat sport, mm. okay? Um, you're learning to physically restrain someone. Um, we, it's real. It's effectively like a real fight without the punching, okay? It teaches you a real fight. The other thing, but people, and I keep drumming this into people, BJJ does not hurt. It's hard, yeah. it's grueling, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Try doing stand-up, boxing, kickboxing, full contact karate. That hurts. That's mm -hmm. compact. Yeah. Okay? BJJ does not hurt. It's fun, and it doesn't hurt. Only when you don't tap out. Only when you tap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't get broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's your, right. Yeah, yeah, generally, I'm, you generally, if you tap and you're responsible, yeah. you can go hard. Yeah. Your partner can go hard. You tap and you're generally okay. Yeah. If I was to go 80, 90%, even with a friend, mm. stand up, yeah. okay, whether it be boxing, kickboxing, karate, we're going to get hurt. He's shin's he, uh, he's going to, um, you know, I'm going to accidentally punch him in the face, vice versa. Mm. It hurts, toe on toe, you know, uh, shin on elbow. It, it hurts. And you can't um, uh, spar hard every night. BJJ, you can literally uh, train hard and wrestle hard almost every night, and, and it's fine. You've sweated, you're sore. Mm -hmm. It's grueling, a great workout, a fun workout, but nothing hurts. Yeah, I think you. And I just can't. I just don't. I, you know, I just um. When people say, "Oh, you get bashed," or "Oh, you go and you get you get wasted," I mean, well, you call that wasted? You get in the ring with someone, do a muay thai, do a uh, you know seventy uh, percent contact with a good muay thai guy, mm -hmm. and and see how you see how you walk out. Yeah, I think after every training uh, or after every class, you know, I feel. Maybe more exhausted, if anything, but then happy. You know, You're happy. You just like look. I, as I said, I accomplished. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, yeah. Well, well, what, <laughs> look, I mean, the advice I give to some of the younger guys is yeah. like sometimes you're busy at work and you don't want to go to training because we're all human, okay? But you go, mm. and then when you walk out, you think, "Wow, you feel great." Hundred percent. You know, and and we talked about uh, you know your. How uh, BJJ came in in a particular time in your life where um, you know helped support the things you were going through. Mm. Um, a little bit more on that. I mean, uh, your experience in martial arts and you know contact sports, or mainly we're talking about BJJ, mm. but um, influenced the way, or how does it, how has it influenced the way you approach certain challenges or setbacks uh, in other areas of your life like okay. that, that we have already yeah yeah talked okay about okay well, well, you, well if you look at BJJ it's problem solving you're wrestling and you're problem solving you're thinking yeah. under pressure yeah. and what you'll find is you can translate you can translate that into life. Mm. You know, uh, you know, you could be, you, you know, a plumber. It doesn't matter, or a professional. You okay. know, you've got to make decisions. You know, and one decision can be, um, you know, crucial or a mistake. Mm. And you panic and you stress. What BJJ teaches you to be uh, level-headed, yep. and you can, and, you, and that carries through to your personal life. Okay, mm. and what you and what you'll find is one thing. Um, one of my original John Will said to me. Um, there's nothing wrong with guys coming in with bad attitude if they change. So we've had guys that come in with bad attitude, 
but they change. People with bad attitude do not hang around. They can't hang around. The big, tough, tattered guys that, that regard themselves as tough mm-hmm. and strong with attitude don't stay. Because what they'll do is you'll get a 110-kilo, tattered-up, tough guy um, having a roll with a little nerdy blue belt. The blue belt mm-hmm. taps him or chokes him. Not just once, two or three. Well, the guy with an ego, he's not going to concede. But what he'll do is he'll make excuses. Oh, look at him. Um, in a real fight, I could punch him. Um, in a real fight, he's not going to take me to the ground. Whereas a big, intelligent guy, and we've got heaps of them at the gym, will have a role with a little guy, get armbarred, and then in his mind he'll go, I reckon that little guy got lucky. Let's do it again. And you'll get choked and controlled. And then in the back of his mind, you'll be thinking, geez, imagine if I can do that. That little um, uh, nerdy guy um, schooled me, and I'm an athlete. Imagine if I can do what he can do. And that is why Renegade is full of brown and black belts who are six foot plus, 100 kilo plus of muscle. Okay? You need to put your ego in your pocket because what happens is you're going to be tapped and not only the first night but continuously forever. Yeah. And that's something a lot of people can't um, put up with. So as long as you change. Yeah. Look, if you have a bad attitude, you're not going to, number one, you're, you're not going to concede. Mm. That you, yeah. Look, we had an idiot once came in. There was a guy, I won't mention his name, but he came in as a white belt, big, strong guy. And after every, he came to our maybe six classes. And after each class, he had an excuse why he got tapped. Um, why, why this happened, why that happened, and he couldn't understand that it's part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Okay, he could not understand or phantom that someone could tap him. You know, and he didn't come back at all. He, he didn't come back because mm. you can't. You can't. Why? Why would you? Because all it did it showed him how vulnerable he was, and yeah. I don't think he liked it. And uh, I mean, yeah, and it translates anywhere really in jobs. You know, if it if you feel like um, you know you know it all, or you know, yeah, you're yeah, not learning, you're not going to be growing. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, and um, and, and that's a, probably the, the uh, look. The sad thing I find sometimes in Brazilian YouTube, you get guys, I'll get to one or two um, stripes, and they're really on the on the right path. Yep. <laughs> okay, and what the, and they give up. Because yeah. okay. they think they're not getting there or they, you know, and it's sad because it's just as they're finding their feet. Yeah. And what happens as a white belt after three, six months, you'll realise, hang on, this is part of the journey. The new guys I'm going to be able to beat, mm-hmm. the guys at my level, it's going to be 50-50 and the higher grades are going to get me. And that's fine because I want to be a higher grade one day. So as you roll with the higher grades, mm-hmm. you are developing Defense, body balance, intelligence. With guys your own uh, size and belt level, they're the best roles. Because I might be good enough to get you into side control, but not good enough to shut you down. Yeah. Okay. I might be able to armbar you, mm-hmm. but there's a good chance you're going to escape. So the uh, position changes all the time. They're the best roles. And then what you'll also do is then we, when you're a two striper, you'll go with a one, um, a new guy. And then I've had little guys go with big, strong new guys, and the little guys who thought they won't get anywhere were dominating or controlling big guys, which they would never have been able to do without jiu-jitsu. Mm. And I love watching the satisfaction in their face. 
Because people, people develop skills that they don't even know. Yeah. And I heard a quote, I don't know if you know where it's from, but I don't know if you heard this one before, but apparently they say that the white belt's the hardest belt to get and then a black belt is a white belt who never gave up. What was I? I was 39, <laughs> um, you know, overweight, stressed to the max. I was completely opposite to, to the... When I started in Rich or the, Kensington, the original gym in 97... I was a, a, a rare. All the guys were generally tough, young, strong. I was 39, overweight, a lawyer. I was, you know, I shouldn't have been there. Okay, but I loved it, so I stayed. And I remember once, I look back, and they used to, they used to have open mat, um, and, you know, there, there were some athletic girls training there, and they would roll with me. And I thought, geez, aren't they nice? You know, but now I realised they were rolling with me because I was like, they were able to practice their arm bars and triangles, <laughs> and they couldn't get it with the other guys. Yeah. Okay, so uh, people um, uh, some used to enjoy rolling with me as a white belt because I was probably the, um, mm. uh, you know, uh, the oldest and uh, worst guy there. So you were the uh, the test dummy. Yes, the test dummy, <laughs> and I didn't. For me, it was not not a, not a problem. Ah. Not a problem. I wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have thought of you like that. <laughs> no, not a problem. Because what's a stand-up? You had to start on your on the ground. I mean, yeah. you know, you, it wasn't something that, uh, you know, you, you, you take kicking and punching out of it and you're on the ground. It's a completely different game. Mm. But having said that, um, if you are a martial artist, whether it be karate, boxing, aikido, what, what BJJ or grappling will do is it'll teach you skills that will allow you to be able to use your other martial art. Mm. So if I'm a, a good uh, karate guy and I've now got grappling skills, mm -hmm. I can now use my karate. Because even if the guy grabs me, it's no bigger deal. Mm. I can clinch, I can create space. I can now use my um, offensive. So what I say to people who are, say, uh, karate or Aikido, whatever it is. No, what you do is you, you use your B, you develop BJJ skills, and by learning BJJ, it'll enable you to use your other martial art. Okay. Okay, and and that's you know, and that is um, so. Not only will you have BJJ, but you're now going to be able to use your own martial art. Firstly, if the guy grabs you, that's okay because you're used to doing it. Okay, mm -hmm. then either I can. Uh, engage in BJJ with you, or I could create space to start hitting. Yeah, I have options. You, have, I now, I can now use my boxing. I can now use my hands. Okay, and I'm not going to be hesitant in punching you because I'm scared that you may grab me. Mm. Okay, so I could start, you know, doing my karate. Yep. You grab me. That's okay. I, I, you know, it's okay. We go to the ground. That's okay. If I, I might be able to, if I get if I'm on the ground, that's fine. If we get back up, I can now use my stand up. Mm. Okay, so no, I I don't think um, martial. Uh, uh, I don't like comparing styles. I think Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is a stand alone self defense, but it also enables you to use other disciplines that you have. Mm. Okay, I I I, mean, I just I mean. Just doing stand-up and only stand-up, okay, I think the downfall is if someone grabs you. Yep. And the other thing, uh, the other issue is um, 
legality. You know, if someone picks a fight or grabs me and, my, and I hit him, I mean, then you've got legal consequences. See, occasionally people will ring up um, Renegade and they'll go, look, I want to learn self-defence per se. They want to learn self-defence techniques. Yeah. And what we say or what I say to people is, look, self-defence is inher- inherent in what we do. What I mean by that is if I was to go to a boxer and shove him, mm-hmm. he doesn't know self-defence, but what he knows is right hand, left hook. Yeah. Okay? That's his self-defence because that's what he does. You know, shove a wrestler, he'll shoot you, pick you up and dump you. A judo guy will dump you. Okay? So we're not learning self-defence per se, but self-defence is inherent in what we do. Gotcha. Okay? Because in a, in a, and, and the other thing I say to the guys all the time, especially if you're an average or smaller type of guy, you're getting the opportunity to roll with big, strong guys. Mm. Okay? You're used to that strength. You're used to being crushed by big people. You're used to controlling big, strong people. So that's easily transferable to the real world. Hmm. That's good. I like your points. You know, um, you, you know, people will say, well, you know, what if I learn how a soft defence, I'll go to a soft defence class. Well, what you're doing in a soft defence class is you're learning to use uh, techniques mm-hmm. untested with a compliant person. Yeah. Okay, my view is if you want to learn self-defence, go to a club and do a combat sport where you're actually fighting yeah. against people that know how to fight. Maybe because of the, the stigma behind it, because instead of going to, they don't want to commit to, you know, learning a martial art per se, you know, they don't want to join that club, you know what I mean? But mm. then they feel like, because now the, these day and age, you know, you learn to uh, pursue, like, you know, self-defense or just-in-case scenarios, but then they don't want to go for the whole, like, you know, the whole discipline of a martial art, yeah. I think. Well, well, Do you think that's what okay. the case is? Or? Yeah, yeah. No, I think these days we all live in a, um, you know, uh, what's the word, a short-term, but people want to result straight away. Okay. okay? Yeah. You, you know, you'll see them in magazines, how to lose weight, you lose 30 kilos in one month by... Paying for this course, this how to get yeah, you had to get rich by doing this course. Yep. You know, all shortcuts. Yep. Okay, and a lot of people think they want to learn self defence shortcut. Well, there is no shortcut. Okay, mm. um, actually, there probably is BJJ. Okay, no, you know, you, you get it's an all it's an all round. Yeah, yeah, you, you get you get. This is what I say to people when they first start. If I could clone you now, yeah, and you train two or three times a week. In three months, you will beat yourself now. You in six months will beat yourself quite convincingly. You in 12 months will destroy you mm. if I was able to clone you, okay? And I always say to people, don't compare yourself with other people. Compare yourself with yourself. How yeah. good are you compared to when you, you know, when you first started? I like that. Okay, because some people go in there, they're 24, 25, they're not married, they train all the time. Mm. Other people have got jobs, careers, they're going to train twice a week. So it's not really fair that you're comparing yourself with those people. Yeah. I and think I, you're right. Like yeah. when I was 22, yeah. I, uh, well, I tried to join up every class, remember? Yeah. Everyone went to Mikey's uh, 6am class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then... and, and, and the other thing you'll find is, so, say, for example, Chris and I, we start together. Yeah. Okay. And say you beat me. You're better than me physically and your jiu-jitsu is better than me. And then we train and three months later you're still beating me. Six months later you're still beating me. And then I go, oh, Chris beats me. I'm not improving. But hang on, John. 
the Chris that you're fighting with is a different type of Chris mm. than when he started th- th- six months ago. You're a lot better than what you were. Yes, you're beating me, mm. but look, um, but look, you're getting a lot better. I guess for me, even just to hang in there with you shows that I've, yeah, you know, that's a good perspective. Okay, and you, it's, that's why sometimes people go, well, "That guy just he's always better than me." Yeah, but he's improving. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, that's right. Um, well, before we go into like that special Q and A segment, I have a, a final question that um, yep. is uh, part of the standard format. Mm. Um, this is like the uh, the unique one. Just gonna make a time note. So that's uh yeah, basically when you pass on, John, um, what would you like to have been known for? Um I think life, I mean it's funny, it's a good good question. I think life is like um wherever you go, it's like you leaving a footprint in the sand. Yeah. Okay. If I'm a toxic, horrible person and I go and spend three months at Renegade, okay, I could leave a toxic footprints, mm. okay? People go, that John, go, who that guy, who that asshole, or what have you. I go to work, I'm the, you know, the, the same thing, okay? So what I would want to leave is if people do talk about me, to say, oh, yeah, he was a, a decent guy. You know, he, he was there to help people. He was, you know, um, and, and, look, I'm a practising Christian, I always have been, and I want to um, assist and help those around me the best way that I can. Mm. You know, and whether it be you know advice, whether it be jujitsu, or just being a you know a friend, and and that's my um you know and that's my uh, philosophy, and that's what I want to do. I don't want to do I don't I don't I want to treat people the way I treat people the way I want to be treated. I don't believe in um uh, having two faces. I don't believe in backstabbing people. I don't uh, you know I don't believe in pretending to be someone that you're not. Mm. Okay, and I always want to deliver. That's one thing, you know. I think it's important that you always deliver on what you say. Nice, you know. But again, you know, and also what I think is important to me is I want, if I get involved with someone, I want that person's life to be of being of of, of to, to have benefited by knowing me. Mm. Okay, I never want to be. I never want someone to think, well, look what John did to me, emotionally, physically, financially. I always want my ex- my exposure to someone to be of benefit to him, okay? Never negative or neutral, maybe, okay? But I never want it to be a negative for that person. And and, and, and to me, that's, uh, that's the number one rule. Mm. Got it. You know, I, I would rather... Um, be taken advantage of than me take advantage of someone. I wouldn't know how to do it. Mm. I wouldn't know how to rip someone off, how to connive. It's just, it's not in my nature and I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't feel comfortable and I just wouldn't do it. You know, you, I, you know and that's been my, my whole life. Yeah. I don't think, I, I don't think there are, none of us are perfect, but there's not too many people that can say they've, um, suffered as a result of having a, 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 a relationship or friendship with me. Yeah, definitely. I like that. Thank you, John. Let's uh, move on to the Q&A. Yeah, sure. So these were uh, some submissions from uh, 
people you may know, yeah. um, some people yeah, that sure. have advertised and they've asked a yeah, sure. question. Yeah, um, sure. We'll start with, uh, so we've got uh, the categories BJJ, MMA, martial yeah, arts, yeah, yeah. and then life and family yeah, yeah, yeah. and that will be the end. Um, yeah, we'll get into BJJ, MMA, martial arts. Uh, as an older grappler, how do I continue training and prevent injury? Okay, I think the first thing you do is you have to acknowledge your age. Okay. Okay, you have to acknowledge your age. You are not the same person as you were. Um, one thing I, which I find quite amusing, you look at YouTube and I'm always trying to find, you know, uh, people talking about uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and age and whatnot, and you'll hear guys talking about they regard themselves as the older grappler and they'll talk about they weren't what they were four or five years ago. Mm. And the guys are 38, 39. You'd think they were 80 the way they're talking. Okay? So, yeah, as you said that, that's what I thought. Yeah. You know, and they're only 38, 39, and they regard themselves yeah. as older. Look, <laughs> my advice to any older guy, and that goes to myself too, is yeah. you, want to, you want to avoid injury mm. by not going hard. Okay? Um, forget about winning. It's not about winning. It's about learning and improving, rolling. Um, it's almost second. I put it. It'd be like, imagine if BJJ was like surfing in, in a surf. Mm. Just learning to keep your head above water, above the water. Yeah. Learning how to ride. Um, you know, going up with the wave. Learning, getting comfortable with the the wave coming in. Just learning how to balance and keep your head above water. And that would be my advice to the older guys when they're rolling with the younger guys. Um, and what you'll find is it's probably a little bit harder when you start, when you're old, because you, you haven't had the skill to be able to do all that, okay? But look, if, you, if you're anywhere younger than 35, okay, 35, it may take two or three years to get to that level, mm. probably blue belt, you know, middle, high-level blue belt, Okay, you'll then start understanding body intelligence, and that's when you're going to start relearning, learning to relax. Okay, and th and by learning to relax, you will avoid injury. Hmm. Okay, and the other thing um, we also need to know is um, always being conscious of where your body is. And um, what I mean by that is, especially your neck, your knees, your back. So if I'm in the half guard of a crazy white belt. Yeah. Okay, he's got his two strongest part of his body, his legs and stomach, uh, connected to my knee. Yeah. I have to be conscious. What if that guy does a, not a jiu-jitsu move, he hangs onto my leg and decides to roll away like a maniac? Mm -hmm. He's going to take my knee with him. Okay, yeah. so relax. Where's my knee? Don't just worry about I've got to pass. Mm. Where's my knee? You know, where's my neck? Yeah. If he does a crazy move... Okay, he may have my leg and he'll stretch it out and my knee might pop. So what do I do is, where's my knee? Relax. Um, how can I move? Do you find you have to call it a quit sometimes when someone's, you notice someone's in like a dangerous spot for maybe you or yourself, themselves or for yourself and you kind of have to call it out? Or uh, you, uh, yeah, yeah, look, I'm, 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 look, if I roll with someone and I sweep them, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll look out for my body, I'll look out for him too. I'll make sure that if I'm rolling him, I'm, he's not going to land on his head or on his neck. Yeah. So I'm always looking out for my opponent. But what what you'll also find as you get older, which I enjoy, I mean, it was a lot, the other week, we've got a couple of um, real strong rugby player white belts at the moment. Okay. Okay. And one guy, he had me in his guard, he was holding me down, 
and he was just, a, you know, 110 strong and just stretching me out. Now, I didn't try and fight out of it. I just relaxed, let him stretch me out. I was enjoying the stretch, okay? <laughs> yeah. And I was just watching out that I don't get hurt. Yep. Okay, so for me, it was great. The other thing I find um, as an older guy is um, when you start rolling, let the guys on top of you, okay, and just relax and let them move. Let them put their weight on you. Use them to stretch you out. It's like having a, a massage. Okay, <laughs> Let them put their weight on you. It's good for them because yeah. they're learning how to crush you right. and you're learning how to absorb, mm-hmm. okay? You might want to get that shoulder stretched out a bit. So you put that arm out. He'll yeah. see it and you'll put all his weight on that shoulder mm-hmm. and he's stretched you out. So I think learning, and, and what's the, the analogy? You know how we kick um, when you uh, shadow box with yep. someone? You shadow boxing? Yeah. Yep. Uh, shadow box with your body. You're not shadow boxing, shadow wrestling. Okay. Just super, just relax, just relax. Mm. Roll in a completely relaxed state. Yeah. And then what you'll find is then when you then roll harder, you'll just roll the same but harder. Okay, well, you're relaxing, okay, and you sweep me, allow you to sweep me, but I'm not going to land on my back. Recover. Okay, so as I'm being swept, where am I going to land? I'm landing in a position where I can either pull guard or get to my knees. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like shadow boxing, but it's like, this is like shadow grappling. Yep. Uh, um, look, the warm up drills we do, yep. warm up drills. And just relax. That, that is the only way you're going to avoid injury or serious injury. As an older guy, listen to your body. Um, if you need a, 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 a rest, take it. I, I, as an older guy, I don't think it's good to wrestle a hard two or three days in a row. Yep. I'd wrestle one day hard, mm-hmm. then give you uh, your body the next day to recover. Right. So as an older guy, I wouldn't be training all the time, okay? Three times a week, but hard mm-hmm. is enough, okay? That's a... Uh... Split between your yeah, uh, yeah. rest day or yeah, two yeah, rest yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. Well, what we recommend to people again, if you've, yeah. you know, if you're fitting, your yeah, 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 if you're fitting BJJ into your life, you're married, and yeah. you know, you you got other commitments. Then what we what we recommend is that you train five times a fortnight, say twice a week, and perhaps every second Saturday. Uh, okay. Okay. Yep. But, but if you're single, not married, living at home, hmm. uh, or or you get get home from work every night at five o'clock, yep. then come and train as much as you want. Mm. Okay, but but there is no reason why you can't fit BJJ into your life. Okay, awesome. Have you got any uh, injuries that bother you? Actually, I've been very fortunate yep. with injury wise, and the reason why is I, um, I, I back in the day when we did karate, yeah. kids didn't really do it. So when I told you, it was me guys who were. 18 and above. Mm. They didn't have kids' classes. Yes. Okay, so when you know, so you're always spa, um, always um, fighting with bigger guys, stronger guys. Yep. So you had to learn techniques straight away. Mm. Also, karate back in the day was very hard, completely different to now. So all the exercise you did, the kicking, the punching, the stances, it improved, it strengthened all your gen, uh, uh, tendons mm-hmm. and joints. Yep. And now going touch wood. I've never had a serious injury, even when I was 39 wrestling with all the, the maniacs. And I attribute that to my old school karate, yep. having done hours and hours of stances up and down the hall, up and down the hall, lifting people, lift, you know, just strengthening your joints and your body. Yeah, 
Okay, and and and, and, uh, that, and I attribute I tri attribute that mm -hmm. to me now being at my age without having done any real serious injury. Unfortunately, I've had a bit of a bung shoulder for the last couple of years, but mm -hmm. that's coming good now. And um, yeah, so I feel a lot better. Is it just repetitive motion? Or uh, no, no, I've got Kamurin pretty bad. Was okay, and I had uh, you know a figure forward. Okay, I got you know and. Um, and I never used to mind getting figure forward because mm. I thought I could escape. Right. And I used to escape. Mm. But occasionally you don't escape, okay? And as you tap, it hurts, yeah. okay? And then maybe a couple of times, mm -hmm. then again, in your older age, what you may have got away with when you're 40, you're not going to get away with when you're 63, 64. Yeah. So, yes, um, that's the only injury that I'm really, that's really annoyed me other than that. But look, when I first started, every part of my body was injured. N not serious, but you know, I was like a, 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 a gridiron player, <laughs> ear guard, shin guard, back guard, because it, you're, you're doing things that your body hasn't done before, mm. okay? So what you'll find is it's not an injury, it's a soreness, but then your body develops. Okay, because okay, we're not used to grabbing people by the head and dragging them down and twisting their neck. So you're going to hurt yourself. It's like people when they go to the weights, you know, if, you know, they go to bed and they're sore. They, they wake up the next morning, they're sore, but it's not a bad sore. Yeah. And you'll so, find that... Like a DOMS. Yeah, yeah. Like, and yeah. you'll find that with BJJ too, is yeah. that your body will acclimatise itself yeah. to all the movements and what have you. Yeah. And... Um, Again, but uh, and what you'll also find in BJJ, I'd say probably the, uh, not the majority, but a lot of the B, a lot of the injuries are, are caught you uh, are caused by yourself, either mm. not tapping or doing a crazy move. Okay, I'm in your half guard, and I decide I'm going to escape by throwing myself that way. Okay, because yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Okay, and you'll find that the white belts will hurt themselves. By doing crazy moves. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, the white belt class is most dangerous. Yeah, they're, they're crazy. <laughs> the, the, the higher belts aren't going to hurt you unless they want to. Yeah. The, the lower grades that are going to hurt, they're going to stick their head up when they shouldn't. They're going to headbutt you. Mm. They're going to do things that are unpredictable. Yeah. Okay, but, but what I also say to guys who are blue belt and whatnot, mm -hmm. you know, high level white belts, I like them to roll hard against a new tough guy because a new tough guy, he's not going to do jiu-jitsu. He's going to use strength and brawn. Mm. So you're getting used to... You use your technique. Yeah. A technique. technique. And in the real world, someone is not going to... In the real world, if mm. you're in my guard, yep. you're not going to pass my guard. You're going to posture up and come down with punches. Mm. Okay? So it's important to roll the new guys, big, strong guys, because they will do what the guy out in the street's going to do. Okay, so you're learning to hold someone in close. Yeah. You're learning to react to a big, strong guy mm. who is going to do what a big, strong guy does, not what a jiu-jitsu guy does. Yeah. You always, okay? uh, I think you always use the example, think about what Bozo the Clown would Bozo do. Bozo the Clown, I mean, I mean look at um, <laughs> look, look, Rayna, the Gracies in California. Yeah. They'll, they'll tell you all the time, you know. They've had their purple belts get beaten in a street fight. You know, mm. they're on the ground. Instead of clinching, they'll try and do a, a Dallaheva. Okay. Okay? They'll, they'll try and do a, a sportive jiu-jitsu move. Okay? And the guy on top doesn't... He's not going to um, uh, uh, worry about that. He's just going to come in with punches. And if, I'm, if I think I'm going to do a Dallaheva on you, okay, and I don't recognise that, no, you're going to come down with punches, 
Okay, so you have to understand. Mm. There's jiu-jitsu on the mat, there's jiu-jitsu competition, there's MMA jiu-jitsu, and then there's street jiu-jitsu. Okay, if you do one, then you just need to adjust to whatever you're doing. Mm. Okay, but you, just, but you need to be conscious. Yeah, probably best to keep it in the gym and uh, on the competition mats. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, and the other, the, other, the other advantage I say with jiu-jitsu is this. Yeah. With all grappling systems, but Brazilian jiu-jitsu in particular, it's morally appropriate. You don't have to hurt anyone. You can control someone without having to hurt them. Yeah. Okay, that is the beauty of it. As a stand-up guy, I'm going to have to hit you. Okay, it could be legal consequences. I'm not, you know, you, know, you, you win the fight, mm. but then you end up losing the court battle. Okay, so that is why yeah. you'll find a lot of coppers and security guys doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for that reason. It, 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 it works, number one, and secondly, it enables them to control someone without having to hurt them. Because mm. I was gonna, there was another question there about could you explain when BJJ is useful in self defense scenarios? I mean, that's probably what we're talking about now. Anything else you wanted to add on that part or not? Well, yeah, yeah, look, I mean, yeah, look, look, well, I could mean, you give us a scenario, yeah, any yeah, hypotheticals? Yeah, yeah, yeah look, this, look, how BJJ works, yeah. okay, is that in a self defense situation, is that you're rolling with guys. You are actually, you're literally controlling yeah. a big, strong guy that doesn't want to be controlled, mm-hmm. okay? Um, a big, strong guy is trying to control me. I'm learning to escape, okay? I want to arm bar someone. He doesn't want me to arm bar him. So we're learning how to um, use techniques in a real situation, okay? If you're talking about serious, you know, self-defence, you know, a fight, yeah, but, but, but if you're just talking about a typical self-defence, the example I give, you know, um, brother-in-law at the family barbecue, you're not going to break his arm, okay? Yeah. So you can mount him, crush him, control him without having to hurt him. I've only had to use once BJJ in a rural situation, maybe about five years ago. Okay. It was at seven o'clock in the morning. I was um, on a tram going past St. Vincent's Hospital and um, there was a big drunky guy anyway. He came over and attacked me. Oh. You know, punched me on the top of the head. He wanted to hit me again. I slipped. I slipped a punch. Mm-hmm. I saw his jaw. I was going to left hook. I said, no, I don't want to hit him because people are watching. So... Clinched, double underhooks, pulled him in, yep. he hit the ground, mm. I mounted him. I didn't want to be in his guard because he might have been a jiu-jitsu guy, I don't want to get choked in a, you know, in a real world or armbar. Mounted him, conscious of passing the guard, conscious of putting my weight on him, and he squealed. Okay. okay he squealed. All I heard was him huh, squealing, crush. I gave him no space to move. I didn't have to hurt him. Mm. Someone rang the police in five minutes. I just stayed on top of him for five minutes. Yeah. You know, just like, sat on him. Citizens arrested. Yeah, citizens. Yeah, you know, I, um, I, I arm wrapped him, yeah. got his arm wrapped around his head, on his side mount, and just held him there. Wouldn't let him go. Okay? I didn't have to, I didn't have to hurt him. I had the option when I saw his yeah. jaw, I slipped. I had my fist, do I hit him? Uh, left hook to the head? Nah, just a clinch. And it was too easy. And the other thing um, people do ask about self-defence, over the years we've had students who have gotten real situations, and um, yes, BJJ does work, it works too well. Typical situation, mm. um, you get into a situation with someone, double underhooks, you get him on the ground, you see an arm, yeah. figure four, you go for it, okay. a crack and a scream. 
Then they ring me, John, what do I do? Am I going to get in trouble with the police? I'm going to lose my job. So I've so the experiences I've had or people have told me is that it works too well. Okay, so I think as students, we have to be conscious of the type of techniques that we would use in the self-defence. Yeah. I wouldn't be using figure fours because you're going to really hurt someone. The old just control, mm. clinch, no space, double underhooks, ram him up against the wall, yeah. okay, and no, and no one's hurt. This is a real example. And, and that yeah. is my advice. And, and guess what? You can do that because we do it all the time. That's what we do, okay? Yeah. And if you're the typical guy, okay, you go to Renegade, a lot of the guys there, white belts up to black belt, it's 100 kilos. Mm. And not five foot ten and fat hundred kilos, six foot two and cut and hundred kilos, yeah. and you're rolling with them, okay? Now, if you can roll with those guys and feel comfortable with them, what's the average Joe Bloggs in the street going to do to you? Zero. Yeah. The average bouncer in the street grabbing you, he, he's going to feel you. You call this a clinch, <laughs> you know? When you get some of the boys we've got, they, they grab you and hold you, mm. so you're getting used to to that type of strength that type of technique, that type of pressure. You're used to it. You don't freak out over it. And yeah. that's the beauty of grappling with different partners and especially a lot of the big... So you've got the big, strong guys yeah. who are technical. You've got the white belts who are not technical, but they're 100 kilo rugby players. So you get to have a, have a, a bit of a train with them. Then you've got the high-level um, brown and purples who are only 75, 80 kilos, but super technical. Mm. So you've got a, a So you just, you know... Um, spread yourself out and enjoy it. I like it. Just the... Uh, oh, no, actually, I was going to give you the, <laughs> the, the curveball uh, yeah, funny question, but uh, oh, I was going to... Uh, almost missing one. So I have one last one from that one. Um, do you have any experience travelling or training overseas at all? We don't, yeah, yeah look, I mean, about, I'm, again, I'm born in Australia... I haven't even been to Europe, yeah. okay, which I'm going to start travelling. The only travelling that I've really done is through BJJ. Yeah, we went to, which is um, good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we went to, um, awesome. like we went to Thailand mm -hmm. with uh, Jamie, okay. I've been to Thailand. Uh, that was, uh, there's kickboxing. a gym over there that you guys Yeah, we're there, up? yep. What was there. that called again? Jeez, uh, what have got? It's changed its name. Um, yeah, we, we, got, we sponsor a gym there, yeah. a church. And what they do is they teach BJJ and also is teach it, English. Was it Grapplers for Christ? Or Grapplers for Christ, yeah. Has it changed? We're, no, we're, we're going to start re resurrect. We're going to start, um, mm. what's the word, pushing that again now. That's good. Okay. You know, because I think it was, it was a good cause. I mean, we're still supporting them. Yeah. But I just want to say, I'd, I'd like to see more of the T-shirts and, you know, crowd, uh, you know the, the signs. And, mm. you know, I, I think it's a good thing yep. that, that we're known for, again, we're not, we don't push it, but it's there for people that, um, you know, that want that are interested in in their faith. Yeah, it shows your your foundation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's the other thing I was going to say? Yeah, we um, travelled to America, okay. um, two thousand a couple of times in two thousand sixteen. Jamie and I went to um, Las Vegas to compete. Yeah. And we both got medals. Right. What yeah. year was that? Um, two thousand sixteen. Mm. The, the main, the, the, the big jujitsu in Vegas. Actually, the big, I remember the yeah, IBF, yeah. whatever they call it. I think I was training still then, yeah, and I think you guys went over. Yeah, we, we both came back uh, with medals. We both placed. Was it uh, Kellen Potter was looking after the place as yeah, well? Yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. Were away. yeah we're there. We're I remember they were watching you guys, yeah. Yeah, sending pictures. Yeah, so we did that and um, <laughs> so travelled there. And also Jamie and I, with Gustavo, went yeah. to Brazil 
in yeah. 2017. Right. With it. And now Gustavo took us, it was quite funny because he actually, he opened doors for us because he, you know, he's from Brazil. So you imagine coming to Melbourne yeah. and going to a gym, a real tough gym in Bendigo. Mm. Okay? So Gustavo would take us to places where, you know, you, you wouldn't go. And, you know, it was quite funny. And start, uh, Gustavo, what he did was he, he would tell them, oh, John, I'm coming with a couple of black belts from Australia. And the guys were fantastic, okay? Mm. But at the same time, they were going to test us. Right. Like the first night we got there, we again, it was an hour drive. It was like driving from Melbourne to Bendigo. Mm-hmm. We came in there, the guy, it was a, it was a good friend, the, the owner of the gym, the coach, was a really good friend of Gustavo. Mm. Do you remember his name? Uh, oh, I don't know. Jamie might. Anyway, yeah. so what, what? And it was a real rough area. Of this, it's like you imagine Bendigo in Brazil, like, yeah. you know, slums, you know, and everyone looked like, they looked like monsters. I mean, they, they looked like, um, I'm telling you, you, got the, you look at Brazil, the Brazilians are a mixture of Anglo Saxons, mm. Southern Europeans, Indian, and Negro. So you got guys there, they look like monsters. And anyway, we were there. Yep. And, the, and we thought we were going to do a class. And what, what they did was they put Jamie there, mm. me there, Gustavo there. Corners of the room. Yeah, and, and, and everyone had to come around and roll with us. All right, yeah. Okay, and they were going to get us. Yeah. Okay, in a nice way, yeah. but they are going to destroy us. Like uh, test, not, you, test you out. Yeah, yeah not maliciously, but yeah. they are going to get you. Yeah. Okay, and that was great. And one thing I learned... It's a bit we, of camaraderie, you know. Yeah, yeah. we went to quite school. a few gyms with Gustavo, a couple of, a few schools in San Paolo. We didn't get to... Yeah. Um, we didn't get to... Um, uh, the capital there, but we went to San Paolo, mm-hmm. and what I found with Jamie, we kept that, we 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 hung in there with their black belts. The yeah, only guys that were well, that gave us a real hard time mm-hmm. was we went to Dave Myers Club. You know, we had the world because over there you got guys there full time jujitsu guys, mm-hmm. and those guys are another level. Yep. Okay, it's like soccer. You mm-hmm. know, you could be great in Australia, but you're not going to compete in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they were, they were uh, another level. But um, no, but you know it was great. You know we were um, we were able to hang in there with them, okay. And, and I was proud of that. And that was hard because you didn't know who these guys were. They were brown belts, black belts, and they were going to go in hard. And you know what? Our BJJ stood up to them. Awesome. And, and that was great. That's good. Oops. Okay. Any more? Yeah, uh, just a yes or no question yeah, for BJJ mm. or M- oh, MMA. Sorry. Yeah. Does judo save lives? Sorry? Does judo save lives? I mean, I don't, I, judo is probably one of the most underestimated martial art there is. Yep. Judo doesn't save lives, but judo can take a life, okay? Right. If I had to get in a, a situation with someone and I had a, a clothing on, mm. I reckon the worst guy I'd want to come across, is, is, I know nothing, is a judo guy that grabs me, mm. not takes me down, throws me through the air on concrete. Yeah, that'd be pretty okay. tragic. Yeah, I think judo judo is underestimated. Yeah. And I remember back in the day when we did karate, when people spoke about judo, we were taught that karate was a real deal and judo was a toy. Mm. Okay, how wrong? Now, judo is really underestimated okay. as an effective martial art, especially old school judo, the old Kodokan judo, which was, very, which was a very unsophisticated form of BJJ. Mm-hmm. And it was fifty percent throws, and fifty percent groundwork. It was very similar to jujitsu, but crude. Yeah. But for the street, it worked. 
Awesome. Okay, now judo's a very good martial art. Sweet. Um, look at life now, that's mm. okay. Yep. How do you actively manage your time as you get older with more responsibilities? Okay, well, okay, well with law at the moment, now up, up until probably two, three years ago, I used to do it all, okay? It was, now, now I've got a couple of girls working with me, yep. so I'm delegating more. Mm. And what, I, what you'll find as you get older, I remember, you know, when you were 25, 26, you'd watch your father watching TV and fall asleep. Mm. And you go, how the hell could he do that? You, as you get older, you'll find that you lose the capacity of energy and also your mind. You know, with, with, so I should be able to get it, work until 11 o'clock, go to sleep, get up at four and prepare for trial. I wouldn't be able to do that now. Hmm. I wouldn't be able to do my mind. I couldn't do that now because you're tired. Back in the, in the younger days, you could. But what I always did is that when I started BJJ, because back when I first started, I trained every night. It was every night, okay? Yep. We did, and when we went over to in two thousand over to when we opened up um, uh, Essendon, what we did was because we were generally we all knew how to kick and punch. We we're all good strikers. Mm. We didn't do any striking for four years. All we did was six to seven was wrestling, freestyle wrestling. Yeah. Then seven to eight thirty Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It was every night, and most of, and it was only this. We probably had this probably thirty members, the same guys. A new guy would come every couple of months. Yep. He'd get destroyed and not come back. And the guys would say, oh, I wonder why he didn't come back. He was a nice guy. Okay. They didn't realise because he killed him. But anyway, so <laughs> we found, yeah. So, yeah, so it was every night. It was grappling every night. Because I was older mm. and I knew people trained twice a week, I said, well, look, if I'm 40, 41, 42, mm -hmm. if I train twice a week, it's going to take me years. So I better train double everyone else yeah. to make up for my age. So, yeah, so what I used to do back in the day, um, leave home at 6 o'clock, 6.30 in the morning, get to the office at 7, work from 7 to 5.30, mm -hmm. straight out, no lunch in Mooney Ponds, Footscray oh. in Mooney Ponds, and then straight to um, the 6 to 7 class wrestling. Or throw any food. Or oh, I used to you know, eat that uh, sort between, of like, yeah, yeah, snack here and there, yes, yes. and then um, yeah, then six or seven wrestling with that uh, Olympic wrestling with uh, Ziggy, a four-time Olympian, mm. not BJJ um, with uh, with a t-shirt. It was wrestling, as in wrestling, yeah, wrestling yeah. rules, proper wrestling, freestyle wrestling. Spandex people? No, not spandex. It's like the what's that uniform? Oh, oh yeah, back, no, back then we used to use yeah, that t-shirt, yeah, t-shirt, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. No, but but it was wrestling, yeah, yeah. and then then. Um, 7 to 8.30, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, and beautiful. that was every night, you know, for five, six years. You would have been a fit young man. Oh, I was, I was fit. I got really fit. Yeah, yeah, I was fit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've seen those pictures yet. No, no. I, I, look, <laughs> I, I, it's a pity I didn't, we didn't take too many pictures uh, back in those days. Yeah. You didn't have phones, you see. These days, yeah. There was That's no right. phones. It's there was none of that. Yeah, those phones didn't come in until what... Uh, you know, photos now, they didn't come in, what, 15 yeah, years ago? I was going to be snapping a Kodak. Yeah, yeah, it was all Kodak back then. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I would have loved to. see many of those guys as a gym, people, yeah. Yeah, like, I wish I'd taken more photos. I didn't, but yeah. I wish I'd taken photos. Because you start forgetting and then... Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's got the reminiscence. Yeah, yeah, that was a mistake. I didn't take the photos, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, all right. What's... Uh, what advice would you give your younger self? No, you know, knowing the knowledge now, someone asked, uh, yeah, what... Well, uh, I wish, I, what I would love now is yeah. my body at 22 with my mind now. That would be, that would be a fantastic, but unfortunately it doesn't work that way. Mm. Okay? I think we all, I think we're all going to make mistakes in life. 
Yep. Okay, it just it is what it is. Um, um, again, if you if you work from the premise that you want to do the right thing mm. and make good choices, conscious good choices, yeah, and navigate and always have a good motive, you'll be okay. Mm. And I th- and again, and you have to make. Good choices, but also sometimes, unfortunately, um, you know, sometimes unconsciously you can make a bad choice. Okay, but that that would be, you know, and listen to your parents. Yeah, listen to your parents and your uncles. Okay, with re, you know, with respect to you know your career, job, uh, your partner. If you want to get a girlfriend, you know, you speak to them. What do you think of Kerry? You know, vice versa. Okay, I think a lot that I think that doesn't happen nearly as much as it should. Whereas in the old days, if a girl brought, you know, a guy home and the guy was a bit of a bum, mm-hmm. the father and uncles would tell her, what are you doing? He's 25. He doesn't work. He hasn't worked in three years. What are you doing watching time with him? He's a bum. Whereas now, shut up. My choice, my body. You can't tell me what to do. I love him. To listen to your yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. family. These days, it's all about how I feel. Mm. I mean, facts are now, sometimes facts don't matter. Well, the other thing that doesn't matter, now it's my truth, not the truth, it's my truth. So you're saying it's rain, I could say, well, my truth is it's not raining. But the fact is it is raining, okay? Mm. And I think, um, yeah, look, it's a different world now to what it was. What, what is a good way to maintain uh, good physical fitness and mental health as you age? Um, look, again, I'd say probably at, at, at age 40, you, 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 if you don't look, we've had guys that have come to train, and they were guys that have never really done any sport, and they were 27, 28, and they wanted to do BJJ. They weren't able to do it because their body just couldn't handle the compact, and they just couldn't do it. Mm. My advice to someone now is you have to maintain physical fitness, you don't have to be physically, you know. You know, training four or five times a week, yeah. but you must maintain some type of physical fitness. Mm-hmm. And I think because I trained so much when I was younger, I was able to have the gap from twenty-five yeah. to forty. My body was able to readjust quite quickly. Um, I think there should be more people doing BJJ. I really mean that. I would love to have more people, you know, over the age of fifty training. Mm-hmm. I would be more than happy to take a class with those guys. Yeah. Okay, whereby they can train. Mm-hmm role and be able to participate and I think it could only be an up it could only be a good thing for them yeah it's such a big uh, a big and great community Uh, and especially like you know not even just Australia but globally in the BGJ community it's a very welcoming community actually um, you've heard the stats like it's actually not too many people in the world actually train BJJ no 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 no, everyone do yeah it feels like a lot of people one thing one thing we we noticed in Brazil which doesn't happen here a lot of the old because they've been doing BJJ for ages a lot of the guys are maybe in their 50s and 60s and what they'll do is they'll come to the club they don't necessarily want to learn new technique Mm. they want to talk look after the new guys and roll amongst their mates Mm. so that they have a sweat a good roll and they walk out yeah. Okay, so they've they've had a physical workout, which is great. Yeah, you know, which um, you know, it's a pity that not enough other older people do BJJ. I'd love Renegade to a couple of nights a week to have a class for you know 50, 50, 50 
year, uh, 50 years and older. And I've yeah. said to the guys, you know, talk to your brothers, your fathers. You know, if we can get, if we can get a group of six, seven, even eight guys, we'll have a class for them yeah. a couple of times. I'm Jeez. more than happy to, you know, even an eight o'clock class twice a week. There you go. I mean, you know, we'll pass that around. I mean, I'll, I'll teach them, you know, we'll, we'll roll. That way they, and then you're, they're rolling with guys of a similar age. Because mm. what you find when you get older is this. If I'm now rolling with someone, yep. okay, and I'm 65 and, you, and I'm against a 35-year-old guy, mm. okay, from a stand-up position, I can't compete with him anymore. Yeah. If we're sparring boxing, he throws a jab. By the time I slip, I've already been hit because your reflex goes. Yeah, okay. With the grappling and the contact, you can uh, negative – you can um, – uh, still control him. Mm. But what you'll find is if the guy's also at a similar level and he's fast and young, what he'll do is he'll outspeed you. Okay, so he'll get an arm drag. By the time you want to pull that arm back, he's already arm dragged you. By the time you start posturing up, he's already almost taking you back. Mm. And you know what? It doesn't matter because I'm still learning, I'm still rolling, I'm still sweating and I'm not getting hurt. That's what it's about, just hanging in there. You know, just try not to be, uh, try not to lose. Yeah. Okay. Not, not forget about winning. Try not to. Of course, you're going to get tapped, but try not to. We'll make it hard for them to get you, mm. and don't get hurt. Then I think you've done, you've done well. Try to stretch out as much as possible. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Okay. And um, another one was: uh, Do you feel time goes quicker or slower as you age? Oh, super quick. Absolutely. And and I, I I would invite everyone to ask that question to their father, yeah. ask their parents that. Okay. okay, I still remember my first day when I was about 25, my first day of law mm. at Essendon, at uh, Frankston. Yep. It was March 4th or March 7th, 1985, as if it was yesterday. Right. Years just fly. Yep. And older people will tell you that. Uh, it's a, you know, from the age of 5 to 10 takes a long time. 10 to 20 is forever. The, the tw- uh, 20 to 30 is still forever. Okay, mm-hmm. but then once you hit 30, 33, 34, then the time flies. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, you, and you don't even know where the time's gone. And again, that's not me. Uh, talk to anyone who's over the age of 50 yeah. and ask them, you know, if they remember when I was 35. And they'll all tell you, God, you know, where's the time, you know, how's the time flown? Mm, probably why it was a question, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll look at, uh, let's have a look at family law, hey? Mm. Or um, family law, criminal law, but I think people family. are yeah, putting in family yeah, law. Yeah. But you do cover some criminal law, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, so. we do, I've done a lot of big, uh, heavy criminal work. Yeah. So from family law, or mm. uh, the first question was um, from someone. He's asked, um, oh, she's asked, why do you? Uh, why do judges refuse to hear from children uh, during divorces? Why, yeah, right? Judges refuse to hear from children during divorces, and why don't they consider the voice of children important? These are obviously children no, aged no, six to thirteen. No, 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 no. What we do is obviously you can't have a fourteen-year-old kid in court. Okay, it doesn't work that way. Okay, what the court does is they order a thing called a welfare report, mm-hmm. and a person, a, a qualified, trained psychologist will talk to the child, talk to the parents, and that person will convey in a report what the child wants or, or says, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. So that report is introduced into court and that, rep- that the report writer would have conferred with the husband, with the wife, with the children, 
with the father and the children and the mother and the children. Mm -hmm. And that person will also um, ask the child questions to see what the child wants and to see whether or not the child has been influenced, okay, or whether the child is able to articulate his or her wishes. And generally you'll find when kids are over the age of 13, Mm. 12 to 13, their views are considered seriously considered. So now the children's wishes are taken into account. Okay. Okay? And not by going to court, but but via a a court writer. Mm. Okay. And now someone, uh, this is a... Yeah, another curveball question, like similar yeah. to the yeah. judo one, but the yeah, judo one was answered well, actually. Yeah. It wasn't actually a joke question for you, yeah. so you took it seriously. Yeah. That's good. Um, you, you don't watch uh, any TV, do you, or do you, do you watch any TV shows or uh, yeah, look, lately? Uh, yeah, look. This one's about a, a criminal lawyer called um, Saul, on, or Saul Goodman, on uh, the show Better Call Saul. Yeah, look, not anymore. in the old days, there used to be a, a show, uh, look, in the, in the, in the 80s, yeah. there was um, LA Law, Right. There were some good law programs. But, look, I tried not to watch them because my job was... I, I just can't explain the stress levels that it gives you, mm-hmm. okay? And to be honest, I wanted not to watch them because yeah. I, I, I get stressed out just thinking of law, okay? The the stress I've been under and, I'm, and under, you, you can't comprehend, mm. okay? Dealing with people, judges, solicitors on the other side, it is just... You know, when people talk about money and children, yeah, okay, reasonable people can become unreasonable, yeah, okay, because yeah. you're talking about someone's money and their children, okay. So you may you you look what happens, for example, when they turn around and say the uh, the stock market's crashed, people will throw them, throw themselves out out of the window, mm. okay, because they're going to lose money. That same person's okay with having cancer, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. So, so, so when you're dealing with money and children, reasonable people become unreasonable and unreasonable people become more unreasonable. Okay? No, it's a horrible area to be in. It really is. Mm. Okay. It'd be a lot easier if you were cruel and cold. Yeah. Okay? Because then you wouldn't care. Whereas I care about my clients. I care it's about... It's harder, yeah. It's harder because I care. See, if I'm cold, I could turn around and someone comes, you've got cancer, well, you've got cancer, you might die, but... We'll try and fix you, but if I can't, you die. Okay, whereas I would be thinking, oh, you poor person, we have to save you. And I would take it to heart. Okay, and I've, unfortunately for me, mm. that's how I've practised over the years. Okay, I've taken clients to heart yeah. and, it's, and it hasn't been a good thing for me. Mm. And I've been, you know, I've been taken advantage of a lot. Do I regret it? I, I should, but I don't because I, know, I believe in God and I know he, he knows what I've done and, and I'll be looked after. Mm, stuck to your character and your morals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, what, is the, what is the checklist uh, to consider when thinking of you know, obtaining a BFA? A be what? A BFA. So I think binding for A binding for Okay, yeah, yeah okay. It's well, a checklist. I think they're looking at um, considering it. Yeah. Like a BFA. Okay. You'll find that a lot of lawyers won't do BFAs anymore. Mm. I don't do them. Okay. Reason being it's too easy to be sued. Too easy to be sued. As a lawyer, yeah. Because uh-huh. if, if they get turned over, because the court uh, turns them over sometimes. Right. Okay? Which means they're not valid. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay? So a lot of lawyers don't do them for that reason. You're talking about circumstances changing? Circumstances or... change. Yeah. So, and it's very hard to predict every circumstance. So I personally don't do them anymore. Not many lawyers do. But are binding financial agreements necessary? Well, if you're both 25, 26, you've got nothing to know. Okay, I mean, you both got nothing, so you know why would you have one? Okay, but if it's a second marriage, okay, and you've both got independent assets yeah. and children, then I think it's important that there, that there be one. Okay, and I also think it's important that there be one. If you're now thirty-five, not married, and you've managed to acquire a house and a business, mm. and you're marrying someone who's got nothing, okay, then I think it's important for a binding financial agreement to protect you in case things don't work out. Mm-hmm. And if someone says to you, oh, no, but, uh, but if you love me, you wouldn't have it, um, you're conceding that the relationship is going to work. No, what you say is, no, it's an insurance. Okay? Now, people have comprehensive car insurance. That doesn't mean they go and smash their car. It doesn't mean they're happy for their car to get smashed just in case something happens. Yeah. We have house insurance. That doesn't mean I'm now going to leave the gas on because I've got insurance or I'm going to be careless. Mm. You still look after your assets, but shit happens in life. Yeah, it's kind of like a, in a way, it's kind of like a life yeah. insurance. Yeah. Right? And, the, yeah. and the binding financial agreement has to be fair too. I mean, if you're now 35 and you've got assets, mm. okay, then whatever the two of you acquire after that date yeah. should be shared. Okay. okay? So it's all, I mean, you don't want a situation where you have a binding financial agreement and everything... You, the two of you make is going to be yours. Whatever you've got at the beginning, you want to protect that, and that's fair enough, and, and you should want to do that. And then whatever the two of you accrue together can be shared, okay? Another example, if I'm now, you know, 70 years of age, mm. okay, and I've got, a you know, an $800,000 unit in Essendon, and I meet Kerry, who's 65, and she moves in with me, or we get married, yeah. okay, and then after four or five years, it doesn't work, and I'm now 70 years of age, why should I now have to borrow? She's going to get 10 15%. Well, I'm now going to have to sell my unit because no one's going to give me any money. Yeah. Okay, so the agreement would be that if we break up, it's mine. But then if I'm a decent guy, mm. I will say that when I die, she could continue to live there. And when she dies, it goes to my children. Okay. okay? So if you're a decent person, you would, you would still provide for your partner. Yeah. Okay, so, so that way I'm protected, okay, if things don't work out. And if things do work out and she's a lovely person and loves me, then I'm not going to throw her out when I die. Then the agreement will say she can continue to live there. But when she sells it or she passes away, it will then go to my children mm-hmm. or whatever. Okay, so no, binding financial agreements, you know, if they're fair, there's nothing wrong with them. And I, and I again... Maybe for older people, or or if one person's got far more assets than the other. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, last one. What steps should someone take if they suspect uh, child abuse or neglect by a parent or caregiver? Well, I think it's mandatory. It's got to be reported now. I mean, if you're a, a doctor or a caregiver, mm. okay, and you suspect child abuse, it's mandatory reporting now. Yeah. Okay, if it's some somebody in the family, and you know, who do they report it to? Just uh, is that police? Department of Human Services. Okay. Okay, you know, if it's someone in the family, and then you you have a chat with them, you say, "What's what the hell's going on?" You know, you you don't sweep it under the rug. You, you know, you step in, mm. and yeah, you, know, you try and 
you know, what's going on? If it's your sister, for example, what are you doing hitting your child like that? Okay, she's naughty. You could slap her on the bum a little bit, but you don't have to do that. Yeah. What the hell is going on? Okay, then, you know, and then, you know, so on a personal level, yes, you should intervene to protect that child. Yeah. Okay, if it's over the top, okay, then maybe if, if it was my sister that was doing it to her daughter, then I'd make, tell my parents. I don't know, you know, but... You know, first you try and see what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what what the issue is. Yep. You know, it might, you know what the hell's going on. But if, if it's over the top, then you know, bugger it. You know, if, if it's my nephew, you know, if I've got a, a feral sister and she bashes my niece, then yes, I would dob her in. Yeah. Okay, I would take that child off her. Okay. Okay, and I think that's just that's just common sense. Mm. Okay, and I think people should do that because children need to be protected. Yeah, that's right. And that uh, wraps it up. Thank you for your, okay. Thank you. Thank you for your time, John. It was a, it was a great conversation. Okay, thank you. And I uh, hope, um, yeah, a few people will take mm. something from it. Okay, it's off there. Yeah, good. Is that a-